the goats are. The seed was a thought that would turn into a part. Now fans worldwide say, not a bad job, the ad hoc cab squad who chronicles the vanguard of hip hop at large. Rap taste slacked off, don't need to be mad, dog. Look no further, it's the dad bod rap pod. pod. Podcasting live from San Jose, California. This is the Dad Bod Rap Pod. My name is Damone Carter, aka Dev One, and I am out for presidents to represent me. Dead fucking presidents. Um, and I am joined here by the the birthday boy, recently turned twenty six, Mister <laughs> David Ma. What's happening, man? Yo, man, good to see you. Um, you know, uh, just off top, sort of missing Nate, or you know, yeah. Uh, our uh, quarterback here and actually you're the quarterback but it's just me and you going back and forth today ddmd huh yeah that's right (laughs) (laughs) that's right not to be confused with dmt um (laughs) so yeah yeah it's uh it's president's day as we as we record here so we hope you got a car or a mattress or whatever george washington wanted you to get um also we are like seriously seriously in the middle of dilla month which has been amazing because I'm reading this book. Y'all can't yes. see it, but it's behind me. I've uh, been reading Dilla Time all month and just kind of like freebasing all of his work. Dave, have you, uh, did you get a chance to read the book? Yeah, I mean, I've been reading it since we, we got- Oh, we had the, you know, the advance. Yeah, right. since we got the advance. But I mean, I just have not sat down and just went, you know, went through it, tore through it in like one session. I've probably read about three-fourths of it. Okay. Um, yeah, it's fucking fantastic. And, you know, every Isn't time it? I look up, every time I look up, I see- uh, Dan Charnas is named somewhere. So shout out to him. Uh, New York Times Dude, bestseller, Dan Charnas. I'm telling you, yeah. he's his promo run has been epic. Uh, totally. With, with this book, I think it's it's because it's a book whose time was due. Oh, uh, yeah, I know, I know. And, and he put it together so well. So, yeah, I'm about five, six done with it. Um, and I'm, I'm really just appreciative of, of Dan Charnas. Hopefully we can have him back on the program because now I have a whole bunch of other questions. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he went so deep on the subject. But yeah, we're just, we're vibing out. It's February. We hope everybody's doing well out there in the Dead Bod Rap Pod universe. Um, Dave, you are a collector of things. Like, you be having stuff uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, throughout your travels in hip-hop. And I wanted to um, just talk a little bit about uh hip-hop memorabilia which Mm. is a which is a weird thing for me because i I suck at memorabilia um i don't know how to collect things um (laughs) like like uh whenever i'm like shopping now and you're in some used clothing store and a sweater that was a champion sweater that i threw away after ninth grade fucking uh pe is now worth 47 bucks i know i know I know it's insane. So I, I suck at keeping things and knowing their value and what I should keep. Um, but I got I got to thinking about what are some of your most kind of prized hip hop possessions? Because you, you kind I, of been in it around that you own that you personally own. Oh, that I personally own. Oh, man, I I, I own a bunch of little things. I, I, I was just I was thinking when we were kind of chatting about this earlier. Um, uh um, as an aside, I was thinking that it would be what our dream items would be. You know what I mean? Yes. Like what items yes. we would get. Um, but in terms of like stuff that I own, um, I, you know, I, anything that 
any artist has kind of signed for me. I'm, I'm that dude who, yeah. you know, from the 1940s, who's like, sign my baseball. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm still the same way, you know? So I got stuff by Lord Finesse that signed, uh, you know, oh, nice. in, deep, in high regard. Um, Satch from the nonce uh, sent me like, a, like a thank you card and it's signed um wow uh just a, just a bunch of things uh little things like that i you know um flexi discs um oh. just ran, like a random bismarcky flexi disc you know um, yeah pretty much it's funny because i and I'll, I'll get into this in a little bit but i mean bismarcky himself is such a collector but like yes i, I but i'm so, like every time i see a cold chilling thing or a biz thing i'm like i want that immediately you know? i'm such a sucker for that so uh, yeah. What about you? What about you, man? You're about to see my, my two hip hop positions. Uh, <laughs> right above my head, there is a. I got this for my birthday this year. It's a it's a Fisher Price. You can barely see it, but it's this Fisher Price um, Run DMC kind of like little Weeble dolls, like they're little <laughs> Fisher Price like dolls. But it's Run DMC. Uh, that was a gift from our from our uh, our listener Tamara Alvarado. And then um, mm. a, the, on the other side is a little figurine of uh, Chuck D um, dope, dope. Uh, hold, holding a mic menacingly. Um, both both gifts, because again, mm. I suck. I suck at the collection of things. But when I was thinking about this for myself, I realized what my most prized um, hip hop collectible is. And it's my laundry hamper, which, okay. which stay, stay with me here. My laundry hamper, which I which I've had since literally '96, same laundry hamper, uh, has a Fat Beats Atlanta sticker on it. Um, it has a Beat Sauce sticker on it, and it mm, has mm. some type of Rockus Records something uh, that's that's kind of fading away. But as as I've transitioned through many phases of my life, I'm kind of like this hamper is still here. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Stickers is huge. Stickers is huge. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I have I have a moment of truth gangstar sticker that's like the size that's like it's like eight by twelve. And I'm like, dude, oh, what wow. kind of sticker sticker budget did, did wow. they have back then? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It was, it was a different time. And that's another thing too. Uh recently when the we did the uh Eastside record swap event, mm, right, um, right. there was there were some collectible folks who came out. Um and yeah, I was like kind of not shocked but it was a little bit surprising to me not being a collector mm-hmm. that um every piece of promo from the era you know what i mean from the like mm-hmm. early 90s mm-hmm. late 80s um is really worth something now and it's just again i kick myself because i was a wash in those things at one time i think i've probably thrown away you know five hundred dollars worth of stickers because i'm like totally. eh, what the fuck am i going to do with this but totally. they've definitely found uh a new value as a uh, certain hip hop things have aged very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I appreciate you, Dave, because you haven't, you haven't sold out yet. <laughs> I I'm, I'm, hanging, you... I'm hanging on to my life-sized Eminem doll for sure. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, you, we, we have things that we have, but like, what about your dream kind of, hip hop memorabilia let's say if you were like jay leno you know how jay leno has all the oh fucking, my god all the fucking cars well i don't uh, appreciate the comparison but yes <laughs> <laughs> he's like my chin is not that long i know, uh, I know. <laughs> uh, but if you had if you had all the bread in the world just to kind of splurge out on on hip hop memorabilia give me like two things that you would cop 
that you oh, for sure, your, for sure. your prize positions. Yeah. So like when we were talking about this um, earlier, I mean, two things immediately came to mind. Um, the first one, um, I want to tie it back to Faith Newman, who's, mm. the, who's the executive who signed Nas to the to uh, Columbia. And she was kind of the person who spearheaded Illmatic pretty much. Yep. Yep. She would li- she would literally um, organize and call limos to go into the to his neighborhood and take him take him to Manhattan and, and whatnot. And That's awesome. I have a story from her, which which she told on an earlier episode. episode. Of yeah, mm-hmm. where that where um, one day she was in the studio waiting for Nas and it was like a big deal because he had already been flaky. And mm-hmm. yes, the studio execs were already pissed off that he was like flaky. And then so she's there. She's waiting all night. He never shows up and she's about to leave. And she picks up Nas's rhyme book. <gasps> and, and the second she she's she's she she's already pissed off. Um, she has people <laughs> like executives on her back. She picks it up. She looks at it. She reads through it. And that was sort of her moment of clarity where she's like, no, I'm going to do whatever it takes. To make to, this happen. To make this happen. And her wow. exact words were her exact words were when she was reading this was this guy's a fucking genius. Yeah. So I mean, having said that, I would say Nas's rhyme book would Woo! be <laughs> from the Illmatic era. Yeah, would be exactly. I mean, I feel like it's it it was a scroll made on papyrus. Or <laughs> exactly. <you> know? <laughs> exactly. In a in a in a cave it was found. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, sure. um that that would be that might be my top pick. I mean it's it's almost you know a myth it's almost a a, a myth. Um, An artifact like Indiana Jones type shit. But let me ask totally. you this. How much would you pay for his Uchi Waller Uchi Waller <laughs> ride book? <laughs> oh man. He has to pay me to no, take- <laughs> <laughs> his his sport jacket from Carnegie Hall. No, I don't <laughs> I'm gonna leave Nas alone. What would be your your next piece of memorabilia? Uh, my next one, and as I sort of um, uh, mentioned earlier, would be the Bismarcky puppet, dude. Oh, from the Me and the Biz video. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Oh exactly. Exactly. Oh and God. you know, and like you were saying, you know, as the as the lore goes, I mean, um, you know, um, Biz was pissed off at at, Mar- at Marley and stuff, so he didn't want to he didn't want to show up or even do the song. So so dope. So Master Ace, um, you know, did the verses, and also they came up with this puppet. That's crazy. Later on, as the lore even went further, and um, I had a conversation with uh, Chairman Mao about it when I was writing for Ego Trip back in the day. And I don't know if you know the story, but so after the video shoot, Jeru the Damager and Lil Dap were playing with the doll, throwing it around and stuff, and decapitated the doll. (laughs) No! No! And and, um, uh, Vicky Tobak, who's um, a a culture journalist who was in the who was in the offices that day found the doll picked it up and the dudes from ego trip um sewed the head back together and nice. that's that's nice. how it be that's how it sort of became their de facto uh mascot their avatar yeah nobody decapitates <laughs> the biz goddamn it that's right oh man that is crazy <laughs> so, so i would love a that biz marquee doll i mean i would okay. I, I would wear it on my back every day um, absolutely like a parrot <laughs> <laughs> like a parrot yes yes uh what about you man what, what are your oh man of, um all time all time all time um yeah i was thinking about this and i think for me and it, it may be more personal than like actually valuable valuable but like okay uh the hat that krs was rocking in the my philosophy video which i believe was leather 
like he had on like this le- this leather looking hat with a dapper dan uh fit uh in the early parts of that video <laughs> and i just remember thinking because that for me uh my philosophy is like the first rap that i memorized and the mm. first time i was like oh shit like maybe maybe i could do stuff like this this dude wasn't right, like right wasn't a super gold chain guy right um but he was fly so he, uh he, he had this leather hat and he was standing in front of i, I think it was like a, some type of jeep um and i always i mean it's just so foundational for me so mm-hmm. if if i if again i'm i suck at collecting things but if i could i would uh i'd probably get that hat and like put it in some kind of commemorative box of some yeah, sort totally and kind totally. of and kind of display it uh the other piece that i i was thinking about and um i'm not sure if, if he would even let someone buy it but uh ghost face uh wonder woman bracelet with that with the huge with the fucking falcon of course yeah of with course. the huge fucking falcon um you know again in this mythical scenario which will never come to pass that i'm rich um i would i would just have that as my door knocker like when you came to the door like instead of ringing the doorbell it would be Ghostface, uh his falcon bracelet um maybe to me probably the most piece of of next to slick rick's chains one of the most uh iconic pieces of jewelry because now jewelry is like played out right it's like everybody has all these goofy colored shits and all this uh stuff but um there was a time and i remember when ghost first came out with that where i was like you know what this guy has more confidence than any of us like i feel like Mm -hmm. that fucking falcon would like knock your arm off I feel totally. like, you could, like you couldn't walk <laughs> in the room. So I would love to have uh, I would love to have that piece. Um, and maybe someday we will get to talk to Ghost and see what he, see what he's doing it doing with that. Because it's like, is it on his fireplace? Like, what do you do with that when you're not rocking? <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was thinking, you know, and this might this might be sort of cliche because I think everybody would want this. Duh. But what about Doom's mask? Oh my god! I mean, yeah. I, I, it almost yeah. feels sac. Uh, but you know, that's yeah. something I, I. It almost feels sacrilegious. Like I don't even want that. You know what I mean? Well, I, well, it because should, it, it should it should be in the cave or it's the holy where it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it's it's a holy piece. But this this prompt got me thinking about, and I've said this on the the program before. I'm queasy about who holds these things because now you get a right, lot of like universities right. and shit or like getting people's whole um, record collections and like uh, going back to the Dilla thing. I know his MPC, I actually right. saw it when I went to the um, the African-American History Museum in DC. They have a, they have a MP, they have his MPC displayed. That's um, yeah, which I'm like, okay, in this instance, yes, but I kind of don't want the Smithsonian to have it. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. I, don't, I don't like the idea of like, these institutions, many of which, you know, white, not, white institutions, white institutions, which would not um, celebrate these folks in the past, kind of mm-hmm. hoarding mm-hmm. all these hip hop artifacts. But mm-hmm. we don't have the hip hop museum yet. Right. Um, right. So, yeah. So that so that's what I want. I want a hip hop museum where we have Doom's mask, Oof. like, you know what I mean? Hanging yeah. from the rafters. It should uh, Doom's Mask should be at the Louvre, you know what I mean? Like the equivalent. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much, bro. Like exactly. And nobody should own that. So right, I take this right. back. 
when we get mega rich off of podcasting, we are not going to buy these things and just have them in our houses like dickhead art collectors. <laughs> we are going to start the hip hop museum for the people. So if you guys just pledge about a million more dollars on Patreon, <laughs> we get $5 million subscribers. I promise you, we will bring the hip hop museum uh, to life here. Dave, speaking of our Patreon, um, we haven't done a raffle of, yeah, of yeah. your stuff in a while. I, I got some stuff on deck. Um, I actually just uh, this weekend, um, I well, last week was my birthday. So I uh, hey. I, I was telling Nate, I, I went on a like a two day bender. So on, yes. uh, on Saturday, I just like did shit to like, you know, uh, recenter myself in my spirit <laughs> and was just like cleaning the house and, yeah. and drinking smoothies and shit like that. Nice. And long story short, w- was going through my promos. So I'm ready to go, man. So let, okay. let's do another one and I'll be happy to. Uh, send a fistful of promos off to um some of our patreon subscribers yes sir that's a a good reason to subscribe to our patreon uh it's uh, patreon.com slash dad by rap pod uh we do raffles dave raffles off some of his prize promo nate just dropped the fourth edition of the fly sporadic uh yes. show series which is dope we do special so dope. segments on there so uh if you haven't already please Subscribe to our Patreon. We got a lot of fly goodies coming y'all's way. But what we have coming y'all way right now is an interview. All right. So without further ado, here is our interview with Curious. Dad Bod Rap Pod, every week we talk to people who are moving and shaping hip-hop culture. This week is no different. Joining us in Zoom, we have the constipated monkey himself. Curious. What's happening, man? (laughs) Yeah, great to have you on the program, man. Hope hope everything's going well with you. Where are you at right now as we're talking to you? Um, I'm in the Bronx. Hey, that's what's up. That's what's up. up. At the, the essence of the culture, let's let's take yeah, it back. You know, I'm, right. a, I'm a upper I'm a upper west side kid, but but um I've been in the Bronx for like the last ten years, so you know, yeah. and the BX in Manhattan, we're right there. We 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 partner, so yeah. So I've heard little New York talk to get us started. I've heard that the Bronx feels like it's the last authentic burp, like it's the least gentrified at this yeah. point. Would you agree with that? That's a fact. <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> um, all right, so. Uh, coming from the Upper West Side, when you started rapping, who are your primary influences? Like, who were you trying to graft your style onto very early on? You know what's funny? I wasn't really trying, but I mean, I, I was looking, you know, I was a fan. I, I was loving everything, you know. Um, um, shit, man, like everything. Like, you know, I caught the bug, right? Right, Like, even a little before Rapper's Delight. And I was about seven oh, years really? old. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And uh, cause guys in my building, in my building complex, they used to um, have a thing called game night. And these were older kids and they already were like exposed to the underground hip hop culture before Rappers Delight came out. So wow. they were already cutting the breaks and, and rhyming. So we, 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 the younger kids, we would just look at it and it was like the funkiest thing ever to us. 
you know how it felt when you first heard somebody rhyme on a beat. It was like, whoa, you know, because we always love music. But when you hear rap, it was just something. And then when that rapper's delight hit, it just was like, it was over. Like, you know, I was hooked. And then, you know, I got rock steady crew right there. Like my block, like right there, 97th Street and 99th Street. And that it was just saturated with hip hop. Like, I mean, Eric B and Rakim, Sakia Records, that's in my building. The label is in my building. Rob Hill's in my building. So you got Rakim coming in now. This is even later, but even prior to that, you'd have Grandmaster Flash on my block, like going to see like this girl, Stephanie, breast in peace, that live in my building. And you were just, it was just, then you got Rock Steady crew before they were Rock Steady called Young City Boys and they were breakdancing right there in the park in the cardboard. We So as kids, we got to see all, we, we were just, it was crazy. Wow. Wow. That, that's incredible. Um, and, you know, you have you have so much history and we're going to we're going to jump around a little bit, but we would be remiss not to not to mention um, your your working relationship and your connection with the one and only MF Doom. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about that. Just, you know, how you guys connected and and what the chemistry is like and what the working process is like. It's um, yeah, we met we met through, uh, you know, I was at Def Jam through Bobito. That's how I met you know, Pete and Search and them and various others, Chuck D, all that, the groups on Def Jam and stuff, but um, excuse me, but um, Bob used to be really tight with Pete Nice and those guys. And then they'd come up in the office and, and that's how I met Doom. He was, you know, Zev Love X at the time and he came, you know, with them. And I don't, I'm not sure that Gas Face had dropped yet. I don't think it had dropped yet, mm. but um, it was already recorded and they were like about to do the video. Cause I remember I was at the video, but I knew Doom before it dropped. So yeah. And, uh, Yo, we we just we met right there. We clicked. It was like, like that, man. Like, we were just like, yeah. We were like short, like shortly thereafter. He's coming to my block. I'm hang, going with him. Been to him with Long Island. You know, like we were we were like that. Yeah. And then that's in terms incredible. of working with him, I mean, that's that's you know, we could do a whole podcast on that. <laughs> just on his work, just the way he works alone. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, I get the sense that um, there was a, well, let me just pose it this way. Your record, Constipated Monkey, I've listened to it many times, but I listened to it again this morning. It sounds like one of those 90s records where like a bunch of people are there. There's a really high energy level to it. And I guess what I want to ask you is like, is that the case? Like, was there, were there, were your peers and your friends and your working community all in the studio together? And was that something where you're like, when you, when you do those skits and those songs where it's like, everybody just like, is like yelling out the, the sounds like, can you describe what that feels like for someone who's never been a part of a recording session? You know, it's crazy. And, and, and that's very, that's a very great um, thing to bring up. You're not very observant on your part, you know, and I mean, it's a combination of things. Definitely, we were swarming in the studio, deep, mad 40s, blunts, freaking Nintendos getting stolen, TVs getting stolen out of the thing. They're calling me like, George, uh, one of your friends took a TV out of the, out of, out of the lounge of Studio A. And I'm just like, nah, but you know, people bring other people. It's, you know, it was just, it was that kind of party. But also, it's interesting, yes. So there was a large amount of us in there. You know, we're young, going crazy. So the energy level is ridiculous. But to top it off, though, like, let's say, like, working with, like, Beat Nuts, like, Les, he always would would emphasize, like, he always, and it fit for the music we were doing because he always would, like, do a track. 
in the background of just us going, yeah, talking shit, yo. So that shit was always floating around back there, you know? And then I'm always doing doubles and I'm doing ad-libs. See, like if you notice now, you listen to my music, I don't even double anything. I don't do anything. You know what I'm saying? That's just, I'm just like, that's just how I like it now. But so a lot of that energy was um, definitely provided by a lot of people, but it was also, you know, intended like, and I'm telling you, Les would always be like, yo, it's, it's sounding lonely, man. Come on, you gotta <laughs> make it a party, man. You know, and, uh, and that's what it was. It was a one big party. So yeah, man. And you can hear it on their records too in the back. You hear all that. Absolutely. Um, you know, the, the beat nuts, especially, I think, are a little bit underrated in terms of uh, the production work and the stuff that they were doing, doing during that era. Can you talk about how you got connected with them and what it was like to have them produce on your first joint? Yo, man, I, I got connected with them through my man Power Rule, Prince Power Rule, and he had gotten the track from them. And the song was called Past the Vibes. I remember vividly and the track was so dope. And the song is dope. And I heard the beat before he even laid. I was like, yeah, he's like, yo, these are these dudes, the beat nuts, yo, they crazy. Da 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 da. And I was like, yo, you know, link me up with them. And then it's um, it's crazy because when we first, when I was first supposed to meet up, I was first supposed to go meet up with Juju. And Juju didn't show up. And Vic would be with them. Like VIC is like the, like the, the like the quiet member of the beat nuts. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you know that. It, and uh so, so Vic met me and was like, yo, Juju couldn't make it, whatever, whatever. He was like, yo, but I got some beats. So I wasn't like, oh, you're not beating us. I was like, all right, bet, let me hear it. And there's Walk Like a Duck right there. Got it right there. You know, V-I-C, you know, but he was part of the beat. Now he's part of the beating us, you know what I'm saying? But you don't never hear about him. He doesn't rap like that. Well, he rhymed on that one joint. But um, yeah, and then then after that, then I linked with, Psych with Psycho. And, uh, you know, he was he was producing a lot of stuff for me, man. And, uh, you know, he's always just down there. He make music, you know, he's less is he's just a hip hop machine. You know what I'm saying? So he, <laughs> he, he, he just throw you beats on top of beats on top of beats of what you need. And he's just always working. Wow, that's incredible, man. Thank you. Um, you mentioned power rule earlier. So uh, so I want to I want to sort of circle back on that and bring up um, young stars from nowhere. OK. Um, tell us about what you remember that. And, and was that your first introduction like to the world? Was that your first time? I think it was. Was it? I, I'm thinking of the, the chronological. Yeah, it, it probably was. Okay. It was, okay. It probably was. It was probably my first verse, right? Published, like coming out. That, that's was. what I read. Um, you know, tell us, uh, take us back to that. Tell us a little bit about that history, that day, what you remember from that. You know, what's funny recording it. Yeah. I, I vaguely remember, I don't even remember where I laid that verse. I want to say it was Chung <laughs> King. I want to say it was in Chung King, but I know Prince used to work at other studios, but I think or not, I'm pretty sure it was Chung King, definitely where I laid that verse. And um, yeah, man, I just, I, yo, I love the beat, that BT Express and, and uh, my man Power, that's, that's my hero, man. Like when Smooth first came out, when I first saw that, I didn't know him, you know? And I saw that on Video Music Box, man, and I went crazy. It was just like, like, you know, and every other Puerto Rican MC that came feels the same way, pretty much, that I've spoken to. Because it was like crazy, because, you know, Cheeto was the god, you know, along with various others. But that he, but when Prince came out, he was the only one rapping. So it looked, it was just focused on him, like by himself. And uh, 
and it was crazy. He just looked, he had that, it was like that Rakim vibe. He was like, a, like I don't know. It's, I mean, I don't like to compare people, but he was like that Puerto Rican Rakim. Like, it was just crazy. Like, we had never seen that, like that. You know what I mean? So, so when I first met him in Def Jam's office, he went to go see Bob, and I saw him. I'm like, yo, bro, your shit is crazy. Like, I just told him right off the bat, like, yo, man, and me and him's another one. We clicked right there, and uh, and then he heard what I was working on, and he was like, you know, he was he was liking what I was doing, and he was like, yo, come get on this shit, and you know, that was it. That that's awesome, man. Uh, one last thing on the Constipated Monkey album. Uh, we're Bay Area guys, and when I was yeah. listening today, um, I I was just wondering how you reached for Casual. It's a very it's a very good song, and you guys go back and forth on it, and you both rip it. Like, can you tell us about how you connected with Casual and what Definitely, that? Definitely, that's that's easy. Was? Dante Ross, salute uh, Dante Ross. Dante uh, Ross. He introduced me to a lot of people, man. Dante Ross. You know, he was he was doing a record for Dell at the time. Yeah. So yeah. from there came Souls of Mischief and and Casual and Pep Love, I believe. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, and, and he introduced me to everybody. And he was the one who said, yo, I want you to do a record with Casual. And I'm not even sure if I actually knew Casual. I probably met him right there through him. But I'm trying to think maybe we might have even done the record and, and then, like, got to know each other a little better afterward. Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, I didn't spend that much time with him, but I, oh, he was just so dope and, and just mad cool. That whole crew, you know, I love those guys. So Casual, you know, yeah, so... Yeah, Dante Ross, definitely. And, and I'd go out to the West Coast and I was like, how can I be down? No, not how can I be down on the Gavin, right? Hey. San Francisco and all that shit, right? Damn. Yeah, Damn. so I'd be out there and we'd be getting all tore up, man, hanging out, freestyling, rhyming. We were just so, we were so enthusiastic, man. It was beautiful. Yeah, Nate Nate stole my question because I was going to be like, how did you end up on Boo Boo Heads with that? Right, uh, right. the intro for him for that was just yo, because Dell, see, Dell would come through the crib. Dell, Dell be in my house all the time, chilling with when he'd come to New York and he'd be with the souls and he'd be hanging. So I think that day he was probably like, I don't remember exactly, man. If you bump into him, maybe he he have a better memory than me. But I remember him just going, yo, like come by the studio. And then he's like, yo, George, talk some shit at the beginning of this. Like, all right. You know, what yeah. I mean? like that. Just like, you know, like matter of factly. Super, super dope. Um, let's let's move it forward a little bit. Uh, you kind of had a layoff for a while, and then you had a after um, Constipated Monkey, and then the, I remember circling back with you on Curious Two, mm -hmm. um, which uh, has some very interesting features on it. Could you talk to us a little bit about how that record came together and like why you um, decided to come back out then? Um, shit, man. I, I just was, I don't know, because Amalgam Digital reached out to me to do the project, you know? But I knew in my mind, I was like, I didn't quit. I was wanting to make music, but I was just, a lot of times I was just overthinking shit. Like, oh, it's just taking mm -hmm. too long, you know what I mean? So then once you get a project, you kind of make an agreement to do something, that's a great way to get you to, you know, do it. Then in terms of like the features and the way it came out, it was a very big joint effort because it was me, Cotty, and my man, Dave Dark, when we recorded it all in his house. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to those guys and um and and um yeah, so so you know he was, you know, Cody was linking them up, linking me up with Dame Grease, had some stuff on there. That's how I met Dame Grease, was through Cody. Um my boys team demo, who I know, you know what I'm saying, from when I used to go out to Washington and stuff like that. Those guys are beasts too. 
keep an eye out for them, Team Demo. And that album was like just very um, a much of a collaborative effort. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like now, like me, just in my in my little in my little cave doing shit. Like this shit had features, all kind of features. It had pe- um, people singing, like Cole Campbell on Brand New Day. He's amazing talent. Dave, Dave brought him to High Tech. Did that beat? He got a beat from High Tech. Cole Campbell, he's a beast. I, I, I hope he's he must be doing something now because that kid is ridiculous. Um, then we got the joint with. Search and Doom. Cody reached out to Search and all of that to get the song and um, made that happen. He Cody also got the Max B feature, who I love. I'm a Max B fan, so he was like, "What? Oh, okay." And you know what I'm saying? And, and we know mutual people that Max B knows, and Cody really hangs out with them too. So he'll be like, "Yo, something made that happen." So it was like a lot of we had a lot of tentacles working at the same time. Mm. Mm. Right on, man. Thank you. Well, just mm-hmm. you know, sort sort of moving along the chronology chronology a little bit let's t- um let's touch on concrete jungle um chong wizard records um you have Ho- homeboy sandman and planet asia on it but you know uh curiously i i read that uh this was written and recorded in less than a month is that yeah true? definitely uh, you know, uh let us in on on the project and your mind state and sort of w- what made you move so quickly um because nowadays i'm moving very quickly like i have a lot of music you're gonna see like there's an i was doing another album an, why, why, when they called me for that. But what happened was Jordan Commandure, I hope I'm saying his name properly. He works with Chung Wizard and uh, he reached out to me to do a verse on Planet Asia's record. Mm. Excuse me. And, uh, and Planet Asia, you know, I met him a few times. You know, that's my guy. We got a good rapport. And um, I was like, of course, that's my man. You know what I'm saying? I do it. You know what I mean? So then when I did that verse, they liked it. They were like, oh, shit, damn. So then they reached out to me, yo, curious, you want to do a whole project? You know what I'm saying? Mm. So we got the logistics proper. Meanwhile, you know, it's pandemic. You know, I, I got like two albums like done uh, uh, separate from that. You know what I'm saying? Um, And while I'm doing those, I go right, throw me that one. And it was just funny because Road Data would just throw me the first beats one by one. He threw me the first one, wrote it, did it. We still, I wasn't even going to start writing until we got the paperwork right. You know what I mean? But um, I got the beat and I just wanted to just knock shit out. And it, it, it just had a, the road data stuff was totally different than the stuff that I'm working on. See, every time I go into a project, I kind of, I need a new adventure. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's like, this was like that. You know what I mean? So I'm working on all this stuff sonically that feels one way. And then road data comes with this. And at first I'm like, yo, it kind of threw me off, but I like it, but it's, it moves, man. And I just start writing, knock that one out, send it back. Send me the next one. Set eight songs. I didn't refuse one beat. Everyone that came in, I laced it, sent it back. You know, and then the ones with the features, sent, you know, did my part, sent it to them or sent it to them people and did my part. And, um, yo, I think even the arrangement on the album, the way Tom Wizard arranged it, because he arranged it, yo, it's the same order, I believe, that I did the songs. Like, wow. like yeah, like Crosstown, the, the first joint, that's the first one, and Jack Daniels and what I do wrong and my kind of people, like it was the same order. It was just like that, like get it, boop, but it, boop, boop. And uh, that's the kind of zone I've been in, but really that shit was even faster because, and those beats move and like, I was going like what I do wrong and my kind of people, those titles, those were the titles of the tracks. And I just kept mm. it and embellished on it, you know, cross town. That was the title of the track. 
empty space. Like, it, it, like I kept the titles of the trip. Like it was just crazy. And and uh, yo, it felt good. It was just a, we never met. I never met Rodetta. Spoke to him via text on the phone a couple of times. And um, yo, man, great energy, man. And it just it sounds yeah, like it all know, fell yeah. into place. It just doesn't happen Stay that there. often, right? It just it sounds like yeah. it just all fell into place. It fell right into place, and 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 that was great because I was working with people I never knew. But now, you know, it's fat. My process is fast like that because I guess there's a big sense of urgency with me because I feel like I lost a lot, like I wasted a lot of time, like you know what I mean. And so, you know, and then you get to a space where you're just, you know, you know that you can't you can't overthink this shit, man. You just got to do it, man. It's not even like it's like a lot of shit in life, you know what I mean. But especially art, you can't sit there, man. And now nah, that shit takes, you know, it's like. Yeah, it takes the, the, the you know, you got to keep, keep it moving, man. So that's what I do. Don't, don't, don't judge shit. Just rock it. Feels good. Boom. Do it. That's great for that moment. If I don't like it, make another song. Like, I'm not going to sit there and try to rack my brain on, you know? Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, need, need to start putting that into uh, podcast production techniques. Uh, yeah, man. Let's see here. Uh, one one kind of wrap-up question here as we get towards the end of the interview. We, we were talking before you joined us on the Zoom about how your career really seems like it's like um, like you're just, you're mad cool. Like people want to work with you. People want to be around you. Like, do you attribute some of your journey through hip hop of just like being friendly? I don't, and I know it's not quite a question, but do you, do you I understand you, what I'm know, saying? It's funny. No, it's funny you say that because, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a nice person. Like I care about people, you know what I mean? And, uh, and it's not easy for me to do stuff even within the realm of business, that stuff that's just like, that I don't agree with, you know what I mean? But, um, nah, it's not, I'm, it's, but, but I'm not, oh, I'm not really that, like, I'm cool like that in a sense and very respectful, but I'm not that cool, like, for the, for the <laughs> BS at all, you know what I'm saying? Like, people that know me know that, and that's probably, I probably could have been in a better place, not better place, because I love the place I'm at, but I, you know, I'd have been in a more thing that they deem better, maybe if I did things and nothing, nah, you know what I mean? And I definitely have a low tolerance for, for BS. And because I'm nice in the way that I am, I see garbage real fast. Cause I don't, mm. I, I don't, I'm not muddy with that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like I got my own problems, but it's not that, you know? Mm. So, um, yeah, man, but nah, it, it, it could be, but people, I'm glad you think people like me a lot and all that, but I really <laughs> don't feel, I really don't feel like I get, I don't get a lot of support from my peer group in music. And I do for feel sure. like a lot of times, like, like, like people just like step around my shit. Like, I feel like I get ignored and all of that. But, you know, mm. you know, I go with the, the, the way the universe shakes out is, is the way it is. So I don't blame human beings for nothing. Everything is as it should be. So but I definitely feel like, damn, you know, why is why is it shaking out like this? Because mm. sometimes I feel like, you know, like, damn, be like, like, not, I don't want to say like I deserve more props, but it's like, come on, man, like. You know, people will keep trying to ignore you, you until you beat them in the head with, you know what I mean? And then, you know, you keep hitting them with some, sh they're going to have to eventually be like, give it up. Like, yo, shit is, this boy is nice. Like, chill, you know what? Yeah. Very, very interesting. Thank you for sharing that with us. Definitely. Yeah. And it's, it's great to hear that, uh, you know, at this stage in the game, you still got the, still got the chip on your st shoulder, still yeah. coming, coming with stuff. Um, yeah. You mentioned you got two, you got two more projects that are done that are supposed to come out. Tell us what's yep. next for Curious. Yeah, man. Um, I, you know, I can't, I can't say too much. Okay. But um, but the next one coming is going is a doozy, man. And um, 
Yeah, man. And then so the, the, the next one's coming. It's ready. The other one is another one done, but it's not mixed and mastered and all of that. You know what I mean? Okay. But there's one that's done. The artwork, everything is done. That's just ready to go. You know what I mean? Sick. So um, that 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 you know that'll be coming. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that under wraps. And then when it drops, if you guys want to talk to me again, then we could go crazy on it. But yeah, I I can't okay. I can't let the cat out of the bag all the way right now. Ah, uh, there it no, is. No. That's called that's called a tease. Very very well done. Yeah, you know you know I gotta lay low. You know how I do it. Oh man, it was it was great to talk to you. Wish you uh, nothing but success uh, with your with your career. And thanks for coming on and chopping it up. With us. Oh, thank you for having me, fellas, man. And uh, you got you got my email. You need my number. Holler at me anytime, man. I got the dad bar too. You know, I'm trying to, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, trying to I'm trying to work it out, baby. Dad What's up? Bar, baby. No, I appreciate you. Thanks, man. man. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, man. All right, fellas. Peace. That was our interview with Curious. I want to thank him for coming on, spending some time with us. Dave, it's kind of amazing in some ways that he's been in the game for so long, and you got the sense that he feels like he's uh, in some ways just getting started or just getting like restarted. Totally, totally. I mean, with Curious, I, I guess we were, no pun intended, we're all kind of <laughs> sort of curious about his – um, his ascent and everything. So it was really cool to see and, and get a feel of him just being such a positive character that yeah. you can see, you can see why all these cats sort of orbited around him, even though, yeah. this is no, and this is no diss. I mean, curious was never this lyrical miracle. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's not like, it's not like Primo and large professor and P rock orbiting Nas, you know, right. Right. But right. right. He, he was still able to project himself and, you know, it was great hearing his history with Hyro and sort of how they hooked up and yeah. with, with Dell and, you know, just all that. I mean, he, he appears on no need for alarm, which is really cool. And just, you know, uh, all kinds of stuff. I think we touched a little bit on doom as well and, you know, fondle them. So yeah. a lot of history, that guy, a lot of history, that guy. Yeah. He, uh, he has this kind of like bi-coastal homie to everybody, uh, totally. feel. but also I think we didn't touch on this in the interview, but, he is often overlooked when we think about the the Latino rappers in the game who have right. who have been contributing for a long time. Like he's one of the few that was around um, in the '90s. He kind of touched on that a little bit, mm -hmm. and um, and is still uh, putting out work. And so we're uh, we are grateful to have him on the program, and we encourage you all to uh, to check out his newest release. And he's got a couple more um, in the can. Because, you know, that's what we do here on Dad Bod Rap Pod. We talk to people who are moving and shaping hip-hop culture. Um, and, you know, this us middle-aged rappers ain't dead. <laughs> still We're around? Yeah, still around. There's, I think uh, at this point in time, there are more, well, I guess that's obvious, but there's more 30-plus, 40-plus rappers doing cool stuff than ever before. So I think um, 40 is the new 25. Dave, are you with me? I'm totally with you because that makes me about 26. <laughs> exactly. Because so. <laughs> then I'm 30 again. If that totally. is totally, uh, 
if that if that math works. Um, <laughs> so you guys know that we are on Twitter at Dad Bod Rap Pod. Uh, we are on Instagram at Dad Bod Rap Pod, and we have a Patreon, a growing Patreon uh, homie collective that's happening that you can join and tell them what kind of stuff they can get if they subscribe to our Patreon, D. All kinds of cool stuff. I mean, you know, firstly, what what strikes me first is a Nate's dope fly sporadic. Yes, sir. Ra- radio show. I mean, I, w- I would I mean, that is worth the price of admission alone. And on yep. top of that, you sort of get our and mostly yours and Nate's because I've been too busy to join in. But these sort of um, unfiltered takes on, you know, stuff that maybe we could be a little bit more loose lipped after hours on the, Patreon, <laughs> uh, you know, on the Patreon and, yes, uh, you sir. know, to, uh, just seeing the Patreon, just seeing that sort of organic support is very humbling. Um, my, my little contribution was just through the years, I get all these promos, like straight up legit promos from record companies throughout the two thousands. And, um, we raffle them off, you know, and I, we, yes, I just, hand, I just picked like a handful of dope promos and we send them to, um, somebody, a lucky winner who's a part of the Patreon. So, um, if you're if you're a member, um, be on the lookout. You might just get a a handful of dope promos. Absolutely, and also it's not spam. The first time I emailed somebody to say that they won, <laughs> they were like, "Is this spam? Like, is this real?" If you get an email, well, I don't know. We might get fish, so it's always good to ask. But uh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, so we're we're gonna be raffling off uh, some of Dave's promo stuff. More fly sporadic. More. Uh, Record reviews come in really soon. I posted a question on the Patreon about what folks wanted, and there's a real hunger for record reviews. And there's a lot of dope new records out. So um, be on the lookout for those to subscribe. You can go to patreon.com slash dadbodratpod. $5 a month is the minimum buy-in. You can always contribute more. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Dave, Dave needs new vans as much as anybody. Um, so, so yeah, we appreciate all the support that we've gotten thus far. And if you haven't joined us over there, please do. As you know, we drop episodes every goddamn Thursday. It's the dad bod rap pod. Mm-hmm.